Welcome to another podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. You can find out more about CGI Burlington on our website at cgiburlington.org. To bad behavior. And we know that this parable of Good Samaritan, and as you read them in your Bible over and over again, and as you know, as much as all the other parables, as much as all the other texts, we just get used to them. And as we read them over and over again, they don't have the same impact as they used to have. As, as you know, some scriptures that we read the first time, they just don't have the same impact. And we know that Jesus Christ was a great teacher. And, you know, many times through his preaching, through telling of his parables, he shocked. He shocked the audience. And one of the examples, it comes from the story of the Good Samaritan. Just before we go there, you know, some years ago, I was reading about the experiment that was carried out in New York. Future young preacher, they were given assignment. They were asked to walk to kind of like a small library and prepare a short presentation about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And they had the time, I don't remember what was the time, I think it was the one hour timing, just to prepare a little speech about this parable. Then after some time, they have to walk across the street to the other building that they call studio, and they explain to them, you have to go to the studio, you have to give the speech, we'll record you, and then we'll go over you. You know, how well you did in the speech. While they were not aware of this experiment, while they were crossing the street, they put an actor as a wounded man on the street who was covered in blood. It wasn't blood, but just an actor pretending that he was wounded and he was begging for help on the street. So I don't remember how many students were there, but let's just assume, let's just say 10, because I know the percentage ratio. 80% of them, 80% of them prepare a nice, beautiful speeches about the Good Samaritan, while in the rush to the studio, they ignore the man on the street, on the sidewalk, that just pass him by. 80% of them. So imagine, there were 10 of them. Eight of them wouldn't even stop and look. Only only few of them just ask, you know, if he's okay, if he's alive. And they just apologize. They say, I have to go. I have a very important appointment that I have to go. Just think for a moment. Let's go to the story. The good Samaritan man. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 10. And you all aware with the story. So we're not going to read this parable. Luke chapter 10. And right here in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. Saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It's a very good question. Many people ask the same question. Is there anything I can do? Is there anything I should do if I want to live eternally? Then he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And you know, this answer is kind of amazing to me, the way how he answered, the lawyer, in verse 27. So he answered and said, You shall love The Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You know, as much as we have a kind of like a 
bad understanding when it comes to the teacher of the law, when you read in the New Testament about some people, some Pharisees and some Sadducees, when it comes to the Old Testament. You know, this guy right here, he gave a perfect answer. He didn't say anything like, you know, mention some rituals that, you know, you need to give a money, you need to pray three times a day or five times a day or you need to do this or you need to do that. He says, no, he went exactly to the matter of the law. You should love your God and you should love your neighbor. If you, the story would stop right there, that would be a perfect answer. But it didn't. Verse 28, and he said to him, you have answered right. You have answered right. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and there is a problem. Who is my neighbor? And he ever wondered yourself, asking the same question, who is your neighbor? We all want to know and understand what are our obligations towards one another? We fully understand that, you know, I have obligations towards my wife. I have obligations towards my children. I have obligations towards my parents, my brothers, and my sisters. You know, I have some friends. I have some good friends. I have some co-workers. But what about the guy who lives on the other side, three, four, five homes to the left, what are my obligations toward this guy? Am I responsible for anything that he does or he doesn't do? It? You know, we all kind of would like to know the answer, right, to it. What are my obligations toward others? Who is our neighbors? And as Jesus Christ, as you read this parable, when you read it many times, sometimes the shocking wave that comes through it, it's just, we, just, we just miss it. We don't look at it. Let's read it slowly, verse by verse, and see what we can get here from here. And Jesus answered and said, verse 30, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's a distance about, I don't know, 20 kilometers. Very difficult road to cross. And he's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Just think for a moment now. First century is A.D. You can recognize people the way how they speak, what kind of accent they have. Even in today, you go to some countries like in Germany, just the way how people speak, you can tell it that, you know, these people are from Bavaria or these people are from northern Germany or these people are from the middle of Germany. The same thing is in Poland. There are some people having some heavy accent that you know from what parts they are. You can still, there are some cultures that you can look the way how they dressed to recognize where they are from. Even back then, people in Galilee were a little different dresses than, let's say, people who live, you know, who are Samaritans. They used a little bit different dresses. In this case, this man, he doesn't have any clothes. You can't tell who he is. You can tell from what culture he is. He, he says he's half dead. If he's half dead, we just have to assume that he can't speak. He's kind of unconscious. You can't just, you know, wake him up and say, hey, you know, what kind of language do you speak? Do you speak English? Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Whatever kind, you know, what language do you speak? And try to communicate who he is, from where he is. You assume that he might be Jew. Maybe he's a Roman. 
citizen. Maybe he is a Samaritan. We don't know. I just want you to see how Jesus so smartly, so craftily put a story here. He's half dead and he's almost naked. You can't tell who this guy is. Now, verse 31. Now, by a chance, just by a chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. What's wrong with that? We look at the story, we think like, you know, oh, come on, this guy doesn't have any mercy, right? There is a wounded man. He should stop. You know, he should stop and he should at least help him or at least try to, you know, do something. Why didn't he do it? Why didn't he help him? You know why he didn't help him? Because he was a priest. And there was a huge obligation on the priest in the Old Testament. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 21. They'll have a clearer picture why he didn't stop. Leviticus chapter 21. Hold your place there in Luke chapter 10. Leviticus chapter 21. Leviticus chapter 21 and verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, None, none of them shall devile himself for the dead among his people. Except, verse 2, for his relatives who are nearest to him. What are his relatives? His mother, his father, his son, his daughter, and his brother. And verse 3, also his virgin sister who is near to him, who has, who has had no husband. For her he might defile himself. Other, otherwise, verse 4, otherwise he shall not defile himself being a chief make among his people. To profane himself. Why didn't he touch the dead body? He didn't know. But he assumed that this man might be dead. He's going back home. If he's a priest. And he touched this man. Let's say he's a dead. He will totally defile himself. He's just being obedient. To the commandment of God. Do you see the picture now? When you read through parables, sometimes we just see like, wow, you know, what a, what a, what a, you know, bad man. This guy dying, he doesn't help him, just pass him by. He was very obedient. Let me, let me, let me give you another example. I'll, I'll use Brother Noel. Brother Noel is in rush, and he's coming here to speak. And let's say there is a lady on a highway who's got a flat tire. And Brother Noel says, I would love to stop, but I'm speaking in Burlington at 1 o'clock, and I'm already five minutes behind. If I stop and help the lady, I'll definitely be late. I will not make it on time. What he's going to do? It's not that easy as sometimes as we think, right? And you know, you may justify yourself. If I don't stop, there is plenty of other good people that, you know, they, they will stop. God will understand. I have a great assignment here. I need to speak to God's people. I better be on time. So just like this. He was just a priest. That's the requirement that he had to live with. He was just a priest. 
What if the leader of Israel was a high priest? Not just a priest, a high priest. Let's look at verse 10. The same chapters, Leviticus 21. And look at verse 10 and 11. And he who is the high priest among his brethren, on whose head the anointing oil was poured, and who is consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor tear his clothes. Verse 11. Nor shall he go near any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or his mother, Never ever as a high priest you can say goodbye to any of your, even the closest members of your family. Just a rhetorical question. The priest passed the guy almost dead on the road. He was obedient. Before we judge him, he was obedient in the God's commandment. Okay? Let's keep reading the story. Go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 32. Now a Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked. He came and looked and passed by on the other side. So he just made sure that, he just made sure he looked at it. He wasn't so sure, but he made sure that he wouldn't touch him. He just go on the other side. Avoid the wounded man. Totally. There is no any prohibition when it comes to the Levites as, you know, as, as requiring us for the priests. Why he didn't stop? We don't know. Jesus doesn't tell us why not. He could, but he didn't. You know, maybe because he saw the lead, maybe, maybe he saw the priest passing by. He was following him. And he said, you know, if my leader doesn't stop that, you know what? Who cares? I'm just going to go by. I don't need to stop it. Maybe he was afraid. If I stop and try to help this man, and somebody else comes, is going, going to accuse me of the crime that maybe I wanted this man trying to rob him, I'll just go, and go around and, you know, and just pass him. But, you know, one thing is for sure that sometimes, you know, we have to be aware that not just only our actions speak loud what is in us, but many times our inactions speak even louder than our actions. Like, watch this guy here. I don't know. We don't know the full details. But, you know, maybe he saw the priest pass by. He says, you know, if he doesn't stop, I don't need to stop. I'll just go home. I'm just, you know, I want to be home before supper. Let's keep reading the story. And the other part, just before we move on. You know, when you get defiled with the dead body, the process of purification was very long and very costly. Okay, I'll give you, I'll, I'll show you how. Go to Numbers, hold your place here, Numbers 19. Numbers 19. Numbers chapter 19, look at verse 11. He who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean seven days. Not just one day till the sunset. Seven days. Person who touches dead body shall be unclean seven days. 
He shall purify himself with the water on the third day, and on the seventh day, then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third day, on the seventh day, he will not be clean. So basically, he had to go back to Jerusalem, be there on the third day, be there on the seventh day, and at the end of this process, you were to sacrifice, a sacrifice on top of that. So this process, yes, was a very costly process. Verse 13, whoever touches the body of anyone who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That's how serious it was in the Old Testament. I'm just giving you the background to the story because sometimes we just read it, we skip it so quickly, we don't fully understand the details and we're quick to judge. Right? Jesus is drawing, he's trying to show a pointer, right? Who is my neighbor? And that was the question, right, that the lawyer asked. Just go back to look again. Verse 33. But now, a Samaritan. Why Jesus is in the story, let's say, uh, a farmer, a farmer Jew or Israelite. It would be all nice. He could use this thing. It was, a, it was a priest. It was the Levi. And I was just a simple farmer. Majority of people at that time. Jesus is Samaritan man. And we know the relationship between the Jews and Samaritans in the first centuries, right? How tension it was. They didn't like each other. They hated each other. And now here, Christ introduced Samaritans into the story. And he says, as this Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He was not afraid that somebody's going to accuse him. He was not afraid of anything else. He didn't have to live by any rules. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarius, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Verse 36. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. What's the message for us here, brethren, here? You know, I was telling today the young people, you know, as Paul, was, as Paul wrote to the first Corinthians about the feast of unleavened bread, how they should keep it, keep it in sincerity and in truth. And, you know, sometimes we can, be, we can become so religious, you know, thinking that we're actually doing God a favor, like Apostle Paul, when he was killing the first Christians, he was fully convinced that he was doing God a favor by killing other people. You know, sometimes we are so religious that we, we don't have, we lose the other side of the story, the compassion part, because we can easily justify many things. You know, what we should do, what we shouldn't do on the Sabbath. We say, oh, I'm not allowed to do this thing. I'm not allowed to stop. I'm not to do this thing. It's a God's holy Sabbath day. You know, and many other excuses that ring along the way. And who is the neighbor in the end? 
is our neighbor who lives the next door. Is the obligation that we have to our kids and mom and dad and, and, and wife and, and husband and brother. No, we just go way beyond that. What Jesus Christ is telling in this story, he's saying, you know, whoever is in need, whoever looks for God, whoever is lost in this world, these people need help. And we as a God's people are supposed to go all the way to help them. And let me finish my story with a little, you know, I want to say, uh, uh, just, just, just to say it's a little story. A rabbi asked a question to his disciples. And the question was like that. When do we know that light has appeared out of darkness? So one student answered, When we can tell the difference between a dog and a lamb. No, said the rabbi. Another student answered, When you can tell the difference between a palm tree and a fig tree. No, said the rabbi. So when then do we know? All the students complain. And the rabbi answered, We know that the light has appeared out of darkness when someone can look in the face of any human being and see the face of a sister or a brother. If we are able to see this, then we are God's people. So brethren, let's just go and do likewise. This has been a podcast from the Burlington Congregation of the Church of God International. We hope you are blessed by it. To find out more about CGI Burlington, visit our website at cgiburlington.org.